0: Welcome to an Atos podcast.
1: Hello, this is Dwayne Natwick, and welcome to Head Securely in the Clouds. Hello, everybody, and welcome to this episode of Head Securely in the Clouds. Uh, today, I have uh, Jeff and Gary from AWS and Amo from atos and we're going to talk about what's new in security from uh, aws reinvent aws reinvent at the time of us recording this was just last week and so we're going to talk about some of the great announcements that came out of uh, out of that uh out of that trade show so uh gary why don't you give a quick introduction of yourself and your role within aws
2: Sure, Blaine. Happy to do so. I'm Gary Michelle. I am the global lead for GSI and ISV security strategic initiatives. And my responsibility is co-development, go-to-market and strategic initiatives with all of our partners, of which Atos is a very important one.
1: Thank you very much. How about, uh, Jeff, why don't you give a quick intro, introduction? Yeah,
3: thanks for having us, Dwayne. Really excited to be here. Uh, Jeff Kaiserman, also with AWS, as Dwayne said. I work very closely with Gary uh, on the security initiatives for our partners and ISVs. And I, my role really is to help with the architecture on those solutions.
1: Great. Thank you very much. Amo, welcome welcome to the show. Uh, big supporter. I know he's a big supporter of the show, but I want you to give a quick introduction of yourself.
0: Thank you, Dwayne, and hi, Gary and Jeff. Great to be here. Uh, my name's Amun Matharu. I'm uh, the Global Lead for Cloud Security at Atos, and I've been working uh, with uh, Jeff and Gary this year uh, and a number of partners, and it's great to be on this podcast.
1: Thank you very much. And for those of you that might be listening to this podcast for the first time, uh, Dwayne Nowick, I'm from Atos as the uh, Global uh, Cloud Security technical lead. Uh so uh welcome and let's get things get things going. I'll uh, I'll start off with you Gary. Um what uh from from AWS Re:Invent last week, what announcement are you the most excited about and why?
3: Yeah, it was
2: uh it was quite a week. We had 62,000 people. I uh To show you how important security is, I added up the number of meetings that I had. I had 64 separate meetings, and and there were many days I was having three lunches, four breakfasts, and four dinners. So obviously security was front and center of a lot of what we were doing. I, I think the thing that most excited me was our announcement of what we're calling AWS Security Lake. When something gets announced by the CEO of AWS, you know that it has to be important. And the fact that Adam, our CEO, was on stage in the keynote, one, talking about security and two, talking specific about our security data lake initiative, it it was exciting from a number of parameters. And, And I think the thing to really focus in on why it was important, it's probably the most strategic announcement we will make clearly over the next 12 months. It's a game changer for us from a strategy point of view. Our ability now to take any data source, any data signal, any cyber threat intelligence, and be able to both subscribe and to publish it is a huge game changer. And I think the thing I'm most excited about is folks like you that have MDR services, it's a natural interlock now to take Moose, all the threat intelligence that comes with it, and offer it as a bundled MDR service. And I think from everyone from Adam down, there's an acknowledgement that this will really be one of our key competitive weapons as we go out and compete more effectively against both Microsoft and uh, Google.
1: Very good. And and you did use the code name Moose there, uh, so yeah. Yeah, put, put <laughs>
2: yeah some, I got to decompress our, Moose from for, my for, for from those, my brain. For
1: those, for those of you that weren't involved in in any of the NDA development of uh, of. Amazon uh, Security Lake, uh, it was codenamed Moose uh, <laughs> at the time, so. Yeah, and, so and obviously it's, it's very cool. cool. We might have AWS people calling it Moose uh, for a little while.
2: <laughs> yeah, and obviously the thing I forgot to, to weigh in on it, you guys were front and center as a launch partner, right?
1: Yes, we are. Very, very excited to be part of that. And uh, yeah, utilizing our uh, MDR platform, Isaac, to, uh, to bring bring those logs into that security platform. So very, very excited, very, you know, very great, great news on that. Um, And, uh, and yeah, very, very excited about how, how that's going to hopefully do some, you know, create some, uh, some impact uh, across, across customers, uh, security, uh, security logging capabilities. Uh, Jeff, uh. Or, Amo, how about you? Uh, we'll, we'll go to you uh, next, uh, just to not go Amazon, Amazon. Um, <laughs> yeah. what, what are your What are your thoughts around around the reinvent? You know, um, you, you know, uh, you know. I know we're all excited about the security lake, but what about uh, what about any of the other services that you might think might have uh, thought were good, great announcements? And yeah, i was just going to
0: just, just going to touch on the, what what Gary said about security lake before I go into kind of sure what I'm excited about as well. Um, I think what, what was really really good as part of what we were doing with that was when we when we were able to hook in our platform and see what could come out of it. I think um, it was really good to see the the ease in which that actually accelerates, you know, for customers the ability to, you know, operationalize their security data. And I think that's kind of be going to be a bit of a game changer uh from an industry perspective and actually one of my exciting announcements was not necessarily an ex- announcement that was made at um reinvent it was kind of prior to reinvent it was around ocsf because coming from a background where uh i've sort of been involved in socks and had that operational sort of view of how do you integrate all of this uh technology Uh, in an ease and and normalize that into something that has, uh, uh, from a customer perspective, that's a real operational uh, burden. Um, And with the development of uh, Amazon Security Lake and the OCSF framework, which is uh, uh, now public and and, uh, uh, open to uh, partners. For me, that was a bit of a game changer from an industry perspective as well, because it really allows uh, anyone and everyone to sort of harness that, uh, framework of standardization and then be, uh, be, be part of the, um, uh, the, the Amazon security, Lake. so that was, that was something that, uh, actually was made public prior to reInvent um, the OCSF framework, uh, which I thought was really good. Um, the other thing I really did like about the announcements was the support that we've got now for external key, uh, external keys. That's something that's really, uh, you know, core cool to uh, what you know Atos have in terms of our portfolio of, of, of uh, capabilities, and it touches a number of areas and really helps uh, you know customers protect their data um, uh, using external keys uh, under their control, uh, and you know the use cases uh, are, are far and wide. And, uh, and maybe we'll talk a bit more about sovereignty and how that sort of really is a, a key component uh, that, that will really enable going forwards. So I think uh, those two were, were kind of things that stuck out for me.
1: Yeah, let's let's put a pin on sovereignty for a moment because uh, I have some other questions I think that when that conversation will fit very well. How about you, Jeff? Uh, besides what we've what we've already talked about anything yeah. specific, anything specific that uh, that caught your attention? Yeah, this was my first reinvent no as a as an employee,
3: um, so it was really kind of fun to see it from the inside as opposed to from the outside, and and to have it really sink in that you know ninety percent of what we release is based on you know customer feedback. So it was really exciting to see that. the the one that I'm the most excited about though, um, other than of course Security Lake, um, is uh, AWS Verified Access, which if you caught that announcement, um, it's basically policy based access controls for applications. And it's a big part of our zero trust uh, architecture and and approach to bringing that that stuff to market. Historically, the way that you would build stuff like this was that you would either hard code it into your application that said, you know, people in these groups or people in uh, this region had access to certain data or certain features and functions within the app. And then people realized that that wasn't really extensible. So they started pulling all of that policy-based control out of the application and into an API layer. Um, But then that got to be kind of a bear to manage as well. And so now with verified access, which is currently in preview, you can write some really fine-grained access controls that get checked throughout the interaction lifecycle of customers with an application to make sure that at any given time, they're only getting access to the things that they're allowed to have access to. So it really takes, you know, access-based access control, role-based access control, and now we're adding policy-based access control to the mix, which I'm really excited about.
1: Yeah, I, I, I that one caught my attention. You know, I obviously knew about the XMS and the security lake, uh but yeah, when I when I saw the and heard the announcements and saw the verified permissions, that was definitely a a step uh, a step forward for uh for the um uh for the IAM within AWS and yeah, how those right. how all those policies work and and yeah, like getting fine-grained and uh, and like you said, zero having the zero trust um, framework within within applications is is definitely very very important, very key. Yeah. So, um, yeah. So, uh, on that, you know, we talked about the announcements. We, you know, there were a couple other announcements that we that we didn't hit on. You know, there was there was a uh, I thought a good announcement around Macy and uh, and the expansion of Macy and its capabilities for automated sensitive data discovery which uh, which is uh, which is uh, I think uh, another important piece of data protection and zero trust as well uh, from that standpoint um, also the you know the expansion of the inspector to uh, support lambda functions mm-hmm. um, were you know a couple of the other announcements that we that we didn't you know hit on as deeply as the as the other three but uh, but also you know very good very good announcements very Uh, you know, continued evolution of the, uh, you know, the AWS platform for security compliance and identity. Um, As I said, I wanted to put a pin and come back to sovereignty. And this kind of goes around kind of the next question that I kind of had, and we can probably just make it kind of how, how XMS and, uh, and sovereignty. Um, How do you see uh, see going forward and trends in the next year around around that topic of sovereignty, um, helping to uh, you know enhancing uh, AWS and impacting customers. Um, so, Gary, why don't I go to you first?
2: Yeah, thanks for that. It's interesting because what, what's beginning to happen is if you look at sovereignty or you look at sovereign cloud or you look at industry cloud. You've got a a convergence beginning to take place where cloud security and compliance are all starting to come together. And I have spent a lot of time over the last couple of years talking to the regulators and with some of the data residency requirements, especially in Europe, they are really focused on making sure that you are always meeting external regulatory obligations and that those regulations need to be constantly updated and from an Amazon point of view, we think the concept of continuous compliance is a great match when you think about Sovereign Cloud and Sovereign Tree. Because if you're going to be in France and you've got you know three or four banks and you've got to have consistent controls and consistent security frameworks, you better be able to deliver on the promise of continuous compliance. So that's going to be an area you're going to see a lot of activity coming from us in the next 60 to 90 days. And our vision is we're going to build a continuous compliance service, a continuous compliance framework. And we think data sovereignty and sovereign cloud is one of the first places we want to take it. Very good. How about you, Jeff?
3: Yeah, I mean, putting uh, on my, uh, my putting on my architect, you know, propeller hat, right? I, I think the thing to stress, and ca- Gary kind of hit on this, but I think it's worth re-mentioning, is it's not just about data locations, um, really making sure that your workloads and your architecture in that sovereign cloud align to the local regulatory obligations, the local technology standards, things like that. So it's not just about, hey, I'm in Germany, is my data all in Germany? You got to make sure that, that you're complying with all of the other rules and regulations that exist there as well. And not only in, in country, but eventually you're also going to have to start having discussions around industries too.
2: Yeah. Dwayne, another another point I'd like to make around it too is the... The risks you have of not being compliant no longer are tactical. They're no longer small. The regulatory obligations are placing new amounts of accountability at the board level. They're placing accountability at the CEO level and the fines that you can face for not being regulatory approved or out of compliance. We're not talking millions of dollars. In some cases now, we're talking fifty, sixty millions of dollars. So the the more you can automate, the more you can demonstrate continuous compliance. It's going to keep you out of the regulatory penalty box that you just don't want to be in. Yeah, oh, no,
0: I know. You,
1: you back? You, yeah,
2: there, I'm, there back, I'm
0: back. Yes, uh, after a, a bit of a technical glitch from my end. Um, I was just going. I was just going to say. I think you know w- when you think of this from a customer perspective. That, that it's a big challenge the, the the compliance side and i think uh what you're seeing with you know uh, what was announced at uh reinvent and all the developments that have uh, have been um over the security sort of landscape um you know the i think the trajectory is actually to help and make that burden much easier for customers to achieve that uh, compliance need uh, or business outcome uh, around compliance. Uh, and I think don't think we're there yet. There's a lot of work to be done around com- uh, making that much more automated, much more business driven, much more value orientated as well. Because um, it, it, it can be a big, uh, you know, challenge um, to do that. Uh, and I think I think the promise that cloud gives is you know this automated cloud native way of doing things uh doing things in different ways uh and I think you know approaching that uh compliance question from a cloud perspective i think there's there's promises uh I can see happening around uh, how to make that much easier for customers to achieve and I think sovereignty is you know another dimension to this which um you know, we um, I, I, see, I see customers, you know, really uh, uh, keen on uh, uh, it's a value for them, and how do we make that easier for them um, through things like external key uh, store and, and other other services that may uh, may be in the future. So I think that those are sort of the things that uh, come to mind.
1: Now and that and I that's that segment segues pretty well into kind of the next question I had, um, Jeff. Why don't I uh, let you uh, go first on this one? Sure. Um, you know, it, and kind of goes along uh, to what Amo was just saying. You know, around these services, obviously, you know, AWS. Um, you know, a big part of 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 AWS and and somebody consuming these services that is them finding, you know, making their way into the, into the AWS infrastructure and into their, into the cloud. Um, How do you see any of these, uh, any of these services, you know, whether it's sovereignty or whether it's uh, security lake, um, whether it's verified permissions, um, uh, accelerating their journey to the cloud and enabling them uh, to, uh, to, uh, meet a, le- a level of business requirements in terms of security and, you know, that they might not be able to do uh, in their own data centers.
3: Yeah, I, I think the biggest thing for me, Dwayne, is in terms of acceleration, one of the things that we know tends to slow down um, migrations, it doesn't stop them, but it definitely slows them down, <clears throat> is um, organizations who are still trying to understand how security in the cloud relates to security in their existing environment. Um, and oftentimes, we'll see partners kind of get slowed down in the migration because they're trying to have discussions with customers about, you know, the security on one side versus the security on the other side. Is it still compliant? Is it still secure? Do I still have all the same privacy needs? And I think a lot of the announcements that came out of Reinvent are going to go a long way to help um, our partners have those discussions with their customers to say not only is it um, as secure. Generally, in a different way, but it's as secure. But it can often be more secure, and it's easier to kind of show how that works and prove it out using a lot of the services that we've announced. So I think it's going to accelerate things by removing some of the barriers to the question of is it still secure?
1: Yeah, Emma, I'll I'll pose the same question to you from a service provider perspective. Uh, you know, we 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 talk to customers every day about how we can how we can enable their security. Um, what do you uh, you know? What are your what's your take on that as well? I know you kind of talked about that a little bit when you're uh, talking about sovereignty a moment ago. So, uh, I want to expand at all on that?
0: I think what Jeff mentioned earlier was uh, really uh, uh, to the point. You know, customers are are trying to understand how do they uh, how do they get, get gain a level of uh, confidence that the, their environments are secure, and I think what you know these announcements and capabilities do uh, is, if not help that, uh, also accelerate some of those use cases which they may maybe weren't able to do uh, previously uh, in in such an easy fashion. So I think um, you know what what I would uh, look to is um, uh, how do how do we integrate this as part of that sort of discussion around migration uh, to alleviate some of the the pain points customers may have about moving certain workloads to the cloud or moving a use case or, or, or an application or how uh, a certain um, business process is uh, operating into the cloud environment how do you know, these capabilities support that overall security construct
1: yeah, and shameless plug. Last episode of uh, Head Securely in the Clouds, we talked about the the migration and the differences and the challenges that uh, from an on-premises data center to a cloud uh, a cloud environment for security, and what different er- what different things you have to consider. So, uh, so that goes along with that. Gary, anything additional to add?
2: Yeah, a couple of
1: things. There's a couple of interesting kpis that
2: we've begun to pick up on around the topic of acceleration you know when you look at migration from an on prem to an off prem especially for a highly regulated entity you know, the role that the ciso plays and the role that the infosec team plays in to some degree preventing migrations until a very difficult long drawn out information security architecture review takes place it can be a real impotent to trying to stop workloads moving to the cloud. And what we're beginning to see that organizations that are automating their migrations, organizations that are standardizing their controls are one, able to take the migration time down. In some cases, we've seen KPIs from six months to 30 to 45 days. But this is an important point from an AWS perspective We're all about ARR, right? Our annual recurring revenue is how we run the company. We've seen acceleration numbers, some of which are astonishing, that drives much more consumption. The more you can automate both the migration process and the more you can automate your continuous compliance can drive workloads both much faster and consumption in much larger numbers. And it has a really large impact on our ARR.
1: Oh, very good. Uh, Yeah. And, and, you know, and, and the, you know, the goal obviously for, you know, for our customers is to, and, you know, and for a business is to, uh, is to utilize the capabilities and the drivers to adopt, uh, adopt AWS and cloud technologies to to drive more uh more business uses than what they can do in their own in their own data center and and i you know i see you know a good number of these these announcements really really having a big driver to that you know especially like amazon security lake you know who ha- you know where do you have all all of this storage capacity you, you only really have that storage capacity and that ability in the cloud and then to have a specific you know, data lake based around security logs and and a and a consistent uh, logging platform that uh, and framework that uh, that can then feed into uh, managed security tools and uh, and really make an impact on how we're protecting uh, protecting data, protecting users and and uh, customer information and all that PII GDPR requirements. Uh, any uh, any additional thoughts from anybody? Um, you know, we're uh, you know before we wrap before we wrap up this uh, episode.
2: So uh, the, the thought I'll leave the listeners is security continues to be the number one inhibitor to cloud adoption, and I think the second point I'd like to make is as MDR and XDR services begin to mature. The ability to provide those types of services with partners. Uh, I'll share with you a very interesting KPI. Forrester Research shared with me about a month ago that large enterprise organizations would prefer to, provide, to procure MDR services through their partners and their CSPs. And I think that's a real big opportunity that we need to continue to lean in on as we work with you guys next year.
1: Sounds good. Hey, uh, how about you, Jeff?
3: Yeah, you know, talking about some of the, the things, Dwayne, that you did about, you know, the hindrances to migration, I think it would be remiss not to mention the what I think is a kind of a cool announcement around um, Amazon um, Elastic Disaster Recovery Services and the ability that we just rolled out to start using that in a multi-region DR scenario. So we're starting to bring a lot of resilience Uh, a lot of additional resilience services to the table. And I think that that's going to help a lot with migrations too. So even though it's not specifically security, I think it's a really cool
1: announcement too. Definitely. Uh, Yeah, yeah, definitely. Because I I think that's another big driver that I've always felt uh, to, uh, to cloud services is, is the, uh, know, the, you know, the expansion of your data center beyond just your, your physic your one physical region, you know, most, uh, unless you're a large, you know, fortune 100 company, you probably have one, maybe two data centers, but you don't have, have them all over the place. So uh, this, you know, those capabilities give you that as well as, as well as disaster recovery based services that are, that are enabled within the cloud, um, are a lot better than, Buying another hot data center, <laughs> renting renting space in another in another agree. building. So, uh, Amo, how about any any of your final thoughts?
0: Yeah, no, I think um, you know, just going back to what Gary said about you know the, the number one concern around security. I think what what what's evident is you know the the prominence of all of these announcements really makes security front and center, um, uh, and you know because it is a big customer concern uh and uh you know I think all of these uh capabilities just add to that um ability for customers to you know gain the visibility the the control uh uh that they that they need in order to uh, to move to the cloud and i think you know uh these will all play positively around helping customers to uh, To migrate and uh, yeah, and uh, I think cyber resilience maybe that's another podcast in itself. Uh, yeah, uh, and we maybe we can touch on what, what that means, and uh, it's a bigger, bigger, bigger question a bigger topic, I guess.
1: Yeah, yeah, we could spend a half hour or maybe even longer on on that on that particular topic and architecture. So, no, very, uh, very good. Uh, appreciate it, you know, and you know, thank you, Gary and Jeff. Uh, for uh, for joining us, uh, and Amo, uh, you know, appreciate your time as well. Uh, you know, uh, just to give a quick quick commercial, last last thing about reInvent is AWS, uh, you know, named Atos uh, Partner of the Year for EMEA at AWS and announced a very, a, a new strategic partnership for uh, the coming years as well, uh, which is, uh, which was really great. We don't want to make this a promotional uh, podcast, but, uh, but we'd be remiss into <laughs> and me- and not mentioning it ourselves as well. So hopefully everybody that listens in, li- listening in, uh, you know, got some value out of out of these updates. Um, and uh, and again, uh, you know, appreciate everybody that's uh, tuning into these podcasts. And until next time, uh, keep your head securely in the clouds. Thanks, Ryan. Thank you. Thanks. Every- Thanks, guys. Stay tuned for more insights from Atos.